Hello, lovely people, and welcome to In the Shower with Taz and Marcus, a bite-sized, informative podcast designed to be listened to in the shower, but really, you can listen to it wherever you want. The point of this podcast is that we take the mystery questions of the world. Listeners send in those questions, and we debunk them in a bite-sized, informative way. Thus far, we've answered questions like... Why do men have nipples? Where did the idea of a three-course meal come from? What is an itch? Why do most black cats have a white spot? Why does coffee make you poop? Why do our fingers wrinkle in the bath? And loads, loads, loads more. I suppose you could say... We expand your mind while you wash your behind. And this week is no different. This week is absolutely no different. This week's question comes in from a Miss Jennifer O'Neill, who is an optometry student. Mm. And she wants to know... Why do we cry when we're sad? Okay, so as I said, this question was asked by Jennifer O'Neill, who was studying optometry. How are you, Jennifer? It's such a good question. Like, do you know what? I, I assume crying when you're chopping an onion, for example, is due to like a chemical in the onion that makes your eyes water. But I'm so confused as to like why our initial response to sadness is to cry. I completely agree. Like from the outside, I cannot figure it out at all. How come when we're sad, our mouth doesn't water? Or why doesn't our nose water? Why is it our eyes? Like, is there something in the tears that you need to get out of your body that's causing the sadness? Well, that's actually a very good place to start. Shall shall we crack on? Okay, yeah, go, go on. Okay, cool. So crying can be scientifically defined as the shedding of your tears in response to an emotional state, okay. which is very different from lacrimation, which is the non-emotional shedding of tears. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, so next time, next time I, I'm, you know, I, I feel an onion of wind, or the next time I feel the gas of an onion blowing into my eyes, you can be like, Marcus, stop lacrimating. Is next I, time I see the gas of you rubbing into my eyes, I will say, Marcus, stop fighting. Lacrimation is like the involuntary crying. Is that right? So like when you're when you when you're no. cutting an onion and all the all the wind gets into the wind of the onion, the wind of the onion, the gas yeah. from the onion gets into your eyes. You're not crying. You're lacrimating. Lacrimation. Like lacrimating is non-emotional. Crying is emotional. Okay. So, so, with that said, your plumbing apparatus that makes your tears is all exactly the same. So, there's not one duct for sad tears and another duct for, like, onion tears? No, there's okay. not. Right. So, the tear plumbing system is the I love the that same. you're calling this a plumbing system. <laughs> I know, this is like, Yeah, you get faith pipes. Go on. <laughs> the tear plumbing system is the same, but the actual tears are different. Really? Yeah, but before we talk about that... We're going to explore the science of tear production and how it links to the emotional centre of our brain. Okay. Okay, so so let's create a scenario. Marcus, give me an example of a time you might cry. Uh, I don't know, your, 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 your team losing the championship. Uh, Do wake, you like sports, Marcus? Waking up <laughs> and realising that you, you, you have the fear and that you acted like an Egypt last night. Um, maybe, maybe like it's a character dying in a movie. Or, what? okay, what about like your pet hamster? Kicking the bucket. Perfect. Okay, so poor little Hapthor the hamster. Hapthor the hamster. Hapthor the hamster takes his last breath and rolls over. Oh, God. I know. The production of tears can begin. It is all down to your lacrimal system, which is like your internal drainage system that sits next to your eyeball. It is both a secretory system that produces your tears and an excretory system that drains them. When a tear is produced from the lacrimal gland that sits in between your eyeball and eyelid, you spontaneously blink, which spreads the tear as a film across your eye. 
So your lacrimal your your lacrimal gland creates like a bubble of water. Yeah. And then you blink and that brings the bubble to your eye. Yes. Exactly. I mean like that's that's crime. But like what next? Okay, so you know the riddle, you come to a fork in the road, one last travelled, and you have to decide which one where to go? Mm-hmm. Well, that's exactly what happens. So this tear has two options. Firstly, it can drain off down the lacrimal pump lacrimal punctum. Down the lacrimal punctum. <laughs> that is that is difficult to say. Lacrimal punctum. Listeners overseas, no matter where you are right now, just try and say lacrimal punctum. Lacrimal punctum. Anyway, anyway, anyway yeah. so the tear has two options. Firstly, it can drain off down the lacrimal lacrimal punctum. Kind of like the sink plug in your kitchen, which subsequently makes the tear kind of drain through your nose. Is that why your nose runs when you cry? Exactly. You're actually crying tears. Yeah, exactly. Oh, however, God. however, Hapdor the hamster meant the world to you and you were having a really, really good old sob. And so your lacrimal drainage system simply cannot deal with that volume of tears. So right. the lacrimal punctum just cannot take that that amount of tears. So this results in excess fluid streaming over your eyelids and down your cheeks. Okay, so you mentioned that there's different types of tears. Yeah? Yeah. Um if I'm with you so far, when when you when you start crying, be it lacrimation or or an, an emotional tear, your tear duct produces a bubble, you blink and it, it spreads across your eye. It can either drain through your eye, down through your nose, through the lacrimal punctum. Yeah. Um, or it can it can be overwhelmed and you can cry and the tears will go down your cheeks. Exactly. Um, but yeah, as you mentioned, there's different types of tears. How are the, the, the tears that you're shedding for your hamster different from like onion shopping tears? What's the emotional link between the sadness of, of Haptor, the hamster passing away, Flooding your eyes. <laughs> right. Well, to answer the first part of your question, yes, there are different types of tears. So we've talked a lot on this podcast about how amazing the human body is. And this is just another piece of evidence. You don't just make one type of tear, you make three. So there's a basal tear, a reflex tear, and a psychic tear. A psychic tear? Yeah. But it's all water streaming from your eyes, but they are actually different. Yeah, they are actually different. So your basal tears keep your eyes from getting dry and are pretty much just functional tears. Right, okay. Next is your reflux tears, which help you wash out any irritants from your eyes, from, you know, any foreign particles or vapours from an onion, as an example. Ah, okay. So that's like, it's it's a, like an involuntary reflex for your body. Yeah, exactly. And so lastly, emotional tears? Exactly. So finally are your psychic or crying tears. These are the tears produced in response to any strong emotion you may have experienced from stress, pleasure, Anger, sadness, or you know, suffering a physical pain. Um, right. So obviously, physical pain is another one. Why cry as opposed to just like screaming or anything like that? Well, psychic yeah. tears are found to contain a natural painkiller. Yeah. Called leucine encephalin, which is perhaps part of the reason why you might feel better after a good cry. Hang on, because they tear psychic tears have painkillers in them. Yeah. What? Isn't that nuts? That's insane. I know. Okay, but back to the emotions. That's just kind of like a bonus fact. Yeah. Back to the emotion. What links crying and emotions? Well, there is an area of your brain specifically to deal with your emotions. And this is called the limbic system, which is hardwired into your autonomic nervous system. That's the part you don't have any control over. So is that why 
we don't really have that much control over our emotions. Like, you know, if we get angry, we're angry all of a sudden. Yeah. And like, you have to take a step back to control that. It's like the, that knee-jerk reaction. Yeah, absolutely. So this system, which is the, the system that deals with your emotions, called the limbic system, via a neurotransmitter, has a degree of control over the lacrimal tear system. Mm. Yeah. So it's this tiny molecule which then stimulates tear production. So in short... Your emotional reaction to your hamster dying triggers your nervous system, which in turn orders your tear-producing system to activate. Okay, so the limbic system, which is the area of your brain that deals with emotions, is linked to your tear system, your lacrimal system, via a neurotransmitter, which stimulates tear production. So sadness triggers your nervous system, which orders your tear system to leak out those water bubbles which you blink and then either go down your cheeks or through your nose. Exactly. So what's the point of tears then? I mean, the human body is amazing. So surely there has to be a reason why this happens. It, it is. It, it, it kind of is. It's like it's a simple expression in response to a stimulus. So some people, psychologists and doctors, suggest that it's a form of non-verbal communication to elicit help and support from those around you in a time of need. So do you think it's like it's a subconscious way of asking for help without asking for help. Exactly. It's in the an- way that, like, you know, babies cry. Exactly. It, like, it's a really, really primal thing that if you see someone crying, you're like, got to help them. Yeah, it's a non-verbal way of asking for help. If you don't feel comfortable asking for help, if you cry, if you see me cry, you'd come to my aid and vice versa. It's that simple. And there are also some psychologists who believe that you feel better after a cry because of that social input, the way that you're solidifying relationships with those sharing in the experience. So if I'm crying and you come to my need, and I feel like I've shared that problem with you, I feel lighter and a problem shared is a problem half. And it's non-verbal. It's non-verbal. So this is kind of what we see a lot in Hollywood movies, that friends rally around each other to help. Okay, right. So like somebody's crying and then everyone comes in and they all have a big hug and then they go and beat the bad guy. Yeah, yeah, that literally that. Also, yeah. also, if we're using Haptor the hamster as an example, if we shared Haptor the hamster and we're both crying, we're getting kind of a, a sense of togetherness from that crying. Of course, and you're sharing the you're sharing the loss, and it's kind of justifying your feeling of sadness because you're sharing with someone else. So I, I can understand, I can get behind that. So I have one question though. I don't know if it's true or not, but like just looking at myself and lad friends of mine, um. Do women actually cry more than men? And if so, why? Okay, so psychological studies have found that on average, this is nuts, that women cry three to five times more often than men. Well, how often do how often do women cry? Women cry about two to five times a month, apparently. Oh my God. So yeah. a man could like, on average, only cry every six months to a year. Yeah, which wow. is absolutely bizarre. Wow, yeah, oh yeah. my God. So there's kind of a few weird explanations about this. Nothing is really set in stone, but there's a good one. A study that came from 2012 found that women have 60% more prolactin, which is the reproductive hormone that stimulates the production of milk mm-hmm. in women after childbirth, than the average male. So they have 60% more right. prolactin than men. Emotional tears are especially high in prolactin, which could explain why women cry more often than men. Oh my God. So are you, are you actually leaching out prolactin in your tears? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, which is crazy. Another thing is to do with testosterone levels. So testosterone can be the reason that men are crying less. For example, men who are treated with prostate cancer drugs see reduced testosterone levels and are more likely to cry because testosterone seems to have an inhibitating influence on crying. That is absolutely 
incredible. I mean, like the fact that, you know, prolactin is a hormone which can affect your happiness levels. And by crying, you're actually ex like removing it from your body. And also the testosterone inhibits crying. That is bonkers. Moral of the story, it's so good to cry. Everyone should cry. Everyone should cry. Well, there you have it. I hope you didn't cry during that episode. Or maybe you did. That's okay, maybe. too. Maybe you lacrimated. Maybe you lacrimated. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for dedicating your ears to us for the last 15 or so minutes. If you are like Jennifer and you have a question that you would like debunked in a bite-sized yet informative way, you can get us on social media. It's really, really easy to find us. Just look up In The Shower With Taz and Marcus on Facebook or if you're on Twitter, look up at In The Shower Pod. If you want to do it the email kind of way, you can send in your questions, our comments, our pictures, or just say hello to In The Shower Podcast at gmail.com we're still waiting for pictures of dogs every day so send us pictures we don't care if your dog's ugly we like ugly dogs probably more than we like pretty dogs a few thank yous to wrap up the episode a massive thank you to Alan and Paddy and all the crew in the Headstuff podcast network make sure you check out some of the other podcasts on Headstuff add them to your subscribe list they're absolutely brilliant Next up, thank you so much to Flo Robinson who did our cover art. We love you, Flo. We love you, Flo. You are a legend. Um, thank you also to Dave Gertzman who came up with our theme music. It's very catchy. If you want a jingle, get in touch with them on Instagram at Dave's Recordorama. Next week's question, Marcus. Next week's question actually comes from my dad, Sean O'Lara. He's asked a deep philosophical question. Are human beings naturally good or naturally bad? Ooh, I'm excited for that one. Oh, God. That episode is going to be out next Monday in time for your morning shower. But in the meantime, keep scrubbing. This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network.